We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. EI Producers Show on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the WEI Producer Show. It was a quarterback smash. Oh, well done, Ryan. Happy almost Halloween to all of the people listening across the land on their terrestrial radios or your Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your favorite show here. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Chris. I'm joined, as always, by John Anderson and Ryan Garvin. Gentlemen, how are we this morning? Uh, I would Excellent. like to. I am doing very well. I took, we took you? Tyler Devitt out last night, so Ooh, I'm, I'm oh, feeling it a little day, bit. I'm feeling a little bit. We didn't, we didn't stay out too late, but uh, yeah, yeah. Big big beverages shout out were had. Let's put it that way. To to our our good friend, One. former colleague, previously occupying the seat that Shime now occupies, Tyler Devite Devitt. Big power grab by Shime yet again. Oh yeah! Right when there's a void of power, Shime opens it. Ken I'm Laird, all over it. Ken Laird's I feel, void. I feel. I feel. I feel just about every void, John. Let's be honest. <laughs> Tyler's last day fact, John, was yesterday, um, so he will no longer be doing this show with us either. We laid him to rest, and uh, you guys, uh, he's now dead. Took him out and and uh, and buried him somewhere. Yep. We had one of the we had like the Jimmy McNulty funeral at the end of the wire. Oh my God. <laughs> He's not actually dead, but none none of us are allowed to acknowledge him. Okay, ever again. <laughs> all right, I can live with that. And of so course, he may as well be in in the most you know, Merloni Fourier and mega way possible. Our Tyler's last day started uh, with Christian being berated by Andy Grash, who was dressed up as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, which so I thought I was very appropriate. I didn't hear this live. Yeah, uh, I was I was I was informed in about it later. Uh, and I was on a, the bench. Apparently, Gresh just like lost his mind. Yeah. So backstory, because this is just a very fascinating way to start the day. But I would like to wish John an almost happy Halloween, because I feel like your show is all about the Halloween festivities. Oh, yeah, no, we big were Halloween show. I mean, I'll, I'll fill in my perspective mm-hmm. of the background when you give it. But sure. yes, we do this every year. Yeah. So Christian and I guess Megan, unbeknownst to myself and, and unbeknownst to Lou, had been talking about starting a stationwide Halloween contest. We were going to make Lou a sexy cat. 
uh, and embarrass him, I would probably have to get dressed up in some costume. I didn't. I'm not a big Halloween person. I don't like the costumes and having to put thought in people. Candy and oh, costume. What's your costume? That's it. Like, it's, cares it's just it's a costume right ryan's nihilistic attitude has slowly been crafted by outside <laughs> outside uh this, outside elements thank you, this outside is... pressure on himself over the years it's like it's like when uh when dwight does the earth day costume <laughs> and it, it starts out it starts out all bright and cheery and he actually wants to save the earth but then he just he is slowly downtrodden by the fact that recycling's a myth and all this, <laughs> this and been, over this the something years that's been done to me over the years he show, he he eventually turns into recyclops and he okay. shows up with hair <laughs> Spray. <laughs> Starts spraying the hairspray every year. It's like Ryan at one point was a festive person, believe it or I not. Was. But now he's the is, ultimate he nature for like every fun. holiday's version of the Grinch now. I used to love fun. Holiday cheer? No. My heart hasn't grown three sizes this day. So, okay. That's the last I heard of it. That was October 7th because I went back and checked. We fast forward to October 28th, and I am listening. A fateful day. Uh, to the morning show. No mention of costumes. Well, because we were doing hours on actually the Halloween day. I know you guys no, are going to be fine. down at Gillette. Yeah. So uh, you guys are doing, did yours on Friday. We're mm. doing ours Monday well, morning. Did, did yours. Yeah, did fair. Continue. So I turn on Gresham Keefe, and I hear that, that they, of course, are in Full outfit, full costume. Gresh is the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from awesome Ghostbusters. Awesome costume, by the way. Uh, Keith dressed up as a hot dog. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. Uh, John was the dude from American Psycho. Which Patrick Bateman. Great movie. Uh, Greg, Bateman. Greg claims you. that it's like the greatest Christian Bale movie of all time. That, that was a, a pretty take. good one. I almost, was I didn't, it wasn't my show, so it wasn't really my place to do it. But when I came to the studio, I almost wanted to launch into one of the uh, surprise top fives or whatever. <laughs> Why not? And I'm like, five. I feel like we need to flesh this out. We Greg thinks American Psycho is the best Christian Bale movie. We may have to end the show today with an American top five. I know. I'll start noting. And uh, what was Lanny? Lanny dressed up as it was another Michael Office Scott. Reference. He was Michael Scott, okay. specifically from the Picnic episode, okay. which was in season five, I believe. So yes. you guys, or six. you guys like Halloween, and you guys generally go. Oh yeah, we. You know, know, I, I get excited to dress up. Into yeah, it. We dressed up last year. We dressed. They dressed up sure. this year. It's a lot of fun. So Christian comes in and no costume, as I would have expected, based on what my group chat was like that morning, what? that there would be no costumes, and I have an emergency. And I get called lazy here, by the way. And um, Gresh noticed that Christian, of course, had no costume. I think Megan had a, a little cat ears on. I grabbed a skull mask that had been hanging up on my coat rack for nice. years, going, I can see where this is going. At least I could say I tried a little bit. And Gresh proceeded to launch one of one of his great all-time tirades, in my opinion, to start the show. Nick, do we have a little bit of that? Let's. See. This is how Maloney Fourier and Mego started yesterday with Gresh yelling at Christian dressed as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And the Michelin I, Man is oh, pissed. Oh my I threw my back out. Oh, I slipped this morning while I was walking Wait out of my 9,000 square foot house. See, and again, now bringing pizza. True. I, I need to sacrifice my camera for Gresh. Oh, okay. so, so, pause one second. Pause one second. Because it was Tyler's last day, Lou decided, I'm going to bring pizza. We're having a nice little pizza party before we start the show. Pizza party is always great. So Christian comes in with three boxes of pizza and goes, I brought you pizza, Gresh. To smooth this over. Oh, he's such a creep. Please continue, Nick LePan. See, and again, now bringing pizza. True. I, I need to sacrifice my camera for Gresh. Okay, right now. first of all, this is first of all, first of all, okay, we. I sent a text out to Gresh asking him 
if they got if they wanted to do a, a costume contest. And everybody said in no. responded to everybody. I did not I did not say, I did not give you I did not do I did not do a group message. I sent a message to you. You talked to all of us. Keith knew okay, what was so, going on. Okay, so he was doing it in okay. Keith jumped in right away. This is your favorite holiday. Okay. So then I'm sitting here schwitzing, I'm sweating my nards off in this thing. I gotta do TV in a half hour, my hair looks terrible. Meanwhile, I text this guy. Listen to this 11 o'clock bagel. I text this guy, right? I go, all for you. You're going to lose. And I got a, ha ha. I threw my back out earlier today and I didn't even dress. Because I was I'm old. at the doctor's. I, w- oh, I was for an emergency I was, appointment. Was, I did. I had to get an injection in my back. Oh, sure. Emergency. <laughs> it just popped up. It just popped up all of a sudden. You need uh, wait, to get a needle in your back. Ye- where was I yesterday? You where, were at yesterday the was I was you know, at you the doctor's it off yesterday. Here. You can cut it off here. I would like to excuse uh, city apologize. <laughs> Uh, to Andy Gresh, who did in fact have to do television after sitting in this giant Marshmallow Man outfit. Every his Friday. hair was a mess. He was fitting his nards off, as he said. And I would like to formally apologize on behalf of Christian, who had zero intention and who of you doing know will never apologize. Contest. Who do I know that will never? No, apo- no. I said, and who will never apologize, aka Christian? Oh, Christian will never apologize. No, absolutely not, because he had an emergency doctor's appointment, which there's no such thing. And I think that was a very appropriate way to start Tyler's last day. So then, I'm sitting here schwitzing. I'm sweating my nards off in this thing. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, that, that is a visual. If, if you haven't seen it, it's on Gresham Keefe's Twitter. It's on Merloni Fourier Mego's Twitter. Is the pre-show... All, I couldn't hear anything. I just see the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man waving his arms around frantically as as Christian sits there and goes, Lou, look at my phone. The C, Lou, Lou said he wasn't going to do anything. It's It really is incredible when four people who have worked together as long as we all have are so eager and willing to throw each other under the bus. Oh, all the In time. a matter of seconds. It took no time. Christian selling out Lou. Ryan. Lou's selling out Christian. Everyone's selling me out because what, what you do to your producers. As you know, Ryan, content is king. Content yeah. is king. It's interesting how because you, you bring up the October 7th date yes. uh, as far as that was when Fourier told you about it. At one point, Ken Laird came to our show and said, hey guys, Fourier had this great idea to do a <laughs> costume contest, which, uh, you know, that's asinine for a couple reasons. Sure. But we, we looked at him and we're like, yeah, yeah, we do. We've been doing. This is gonna be the fourth year in a row every we've year. dressed up like every year. Yeah, we no, we do this every year. If if Fourier wants to assign his name to it, and as the person who had the idea for the whole station to dress up, then fine. But we're doing it whether he does or not. And like you said, that was a month in advance. And I, I guess this doctor's appointment snuck up on Chris. Oh, didn't have time to throw his costume <laughs> I threw together. My back out. What am I gonna do? I it's can't like, what, dress was up that, as Was, was the time that was allotted while he was allegedly at an emergency? Uh, doctor's appointment was that the time when he was going to put his costume together? Oh, for, do you have any idea how tough it is to paint yourself in blue body paint while you're trying to get an injection in your lower back? So you what was he going? What was he going as uh, Tobias Funk or something? I believe it was Papa Smurf. That was his, his grand plan. Papa I have no intention. Smurf. I just want to say He's I have no intention of dressing group? up, and I will never have any intention of dressing up. That's okay. No, I know right. you hate you hate yeah, you, fun. You, you, yeah, you, you put a little cash just, on it. We make a little money prize. Then I'll, I'm all in. You'll have the greatest damn Halloween costume you've ever seen. But you don't do it just for fun. No. All right. Well, you know, that Ryan, that's okay. To each no. their own. Yep, to each their own. This is the WEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original, WEI. Uh, we, we wanted to start a little fun today. It's, you know, a couple days before Halloween, and the Gresh rants are always, always enjoyable. But, gentlemen, we had, um, let's say, 
a bit of a meltdown earlier this week uh, for your New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. They got absolutely pantsed by the Chicago Bears. Some of the most compelling television I think I've seen. There's in so many things years. that that we need to dissect from that game leading into Pat's Jets on Sunday. Um, first of which is the quarterback situation. Like I, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to either of you, so I want your thoughts on how you felt about Belichick going away from Mac Jones after only three I felt series. Betrayed. <laughs> I felt betrayed as a you know God fearing fan as a lifelong season ticket okay? holder. <laughs> I've been a season ticket holder since 1972, <laughs> and now that the Patriots put end racism in the in the end zone, I am canceling my season tickets. <laughs> That's how I feel about this shot. <laughs> Thank you, Copy Pasta John. <laughs> No, but in, 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 no, it was incre- it was it was an incredible incredible display of of managerial negligence and how was, how to not handle something. It, it was so weird too. Like it's something I've never seen before, and, and especially out of Bill Belichick. Like he knew the ramifications of what he was doing, and yet proceeded to continue to do it anyways. Just as like, ah, that's if, fine. It feels like the opposite of what we would think. Like, if that if we were to present this hypothetical situation a week in advance and say, how do you think he would handle this situation? Every person would say the opposite of what he did. Well, because normally we recognize Bill Belichick as a smart head coach in the NFL. This is normally a dumb head coach thing to do. Like you'd see a guy like Matt Eberflus pull Justin Fields after three series or something and toss in some uh, some kid from the Montana State or something. I don't even know the backup in Chicago. But it's Trevor so Simeon. weird. Yeah, if you if you took the names out of the scenario and just said this coach takes out quarterback one for quarterback two after three series, including one interception, never in your wildest dreams would you have imagined it was Bill Belichick. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And it was so great because we were on, you know, in the hours leading up to the game, and we started the show Monday with a, a, a some a bit of a report, I guess, from Steve Burton. I was saying, don't be surprised if you see both quarterbacks. I'm like, what the heck is that going to look like? And then Adam Schefter said something. Joe Buck goes on Chicago Sports Talk Radio and says, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw. When they're telling you don't be surprised, it's because they're telling you what's going to happen. So that when it happens, you're not surprised. So going into that, we're going, okay, we're going to have two quarterbacks. What is this going to look like? And it's a great point, Shime. If you strip away everything, you would never say, well, this is how the New England Patriots would run it. I was baffled, absolutely perplexed when Mac Jones came out of that game. Uh, and, and it was just amazingly compelling TV to, to watch. The little buzz cut guy, as Tom Curran calls him, Bailey Zappi come in there and and just march down the field in four plays and then march down the field again and make it a 14 to 10 game. And you're going, Oh my God, this is incredible. And then the defense comes out, lays an egg as Chicago goes nine plays, 75 yards right down your, your gullet and scores a touchdown that absolutely destroyed all of the momentum in the game. And it's, it's this weird thing, right? Because everybody knows that I'm, you know, not necessarily the biggest Mac Jones fan here at the station. Uh, I've been very vocal about that, but at the same time, when you watch that game, it's I feel bad for Mac Jones. It's 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 the situation that it, Belichick's putting him in a no win situation. It's like, and he won't cop to what the actual reason was because he says the plan wasn't necessarily after three series, but there was a plan to play both quarterbacks. So then, was it because he threw an interception? Well, Bill says no. Well, was it because he wasn't healthy enough? Well, Bill says no. 
So what the hell is the reason for taking him out after three series then if that wasn't the original plan? Uh, we do what we felt was best of the football team. That's oh, horse manure, and you know it. It's just, it's just, it's. I'm getting sick and tired of it. It's, it's all of these excuses. We're doing what's best for the team. Blah blah blah. It's never answering the question. Never copping to the fact that you made a mistake. Dante Scarnecchia said on the morning show that normally when Bill Belichick makes a mistake, at least to his his coaching staff, his the leaders of the team, uh-huh. he'll cop to it. Do you think he coped to it? Because it, it it doesn't feel like he's copping to anything. I I think in hindsight he probably wishes he had handled it better. But I mean what. So it's he Bill Belichick says it's not health, it's not performance related, it's not a benching, even though it's just how the timing worked out. Why do you think it happened then? I, I think it's I think it was, I guess it was the interception. Like a he says it's none of these things, but if I had to take a guess, it would be the interception. Because of course, interception happens, Mac Jones comes out of the game. John. <laughs> it's it's really hard to not to say it's not the interception. Right. I'm watching a flash mob in Quincy last night for Halloween. Oh, Brian's, Brian's biggest nightmare. Just a bunch of, a oh my God. Bunch of D-bags no, dressed in costumes dancing in the street. It's my biggest nightmare <laughs> that a bunch of D-bags in costumes are probably holding up traffic somewhere, too. That's even worse. It's a yeah. side street. I, you want to go, go. But, I mean, if I can't get through. Um, I I don't think Matt Jones is healthy. I really don't. I think so. I think there's there's reason to think maybe Belichick noticed that and that's why he pulled him because if it wasn't the interception just say it wasn't the interception well you, you say Mac Jones isn't you don't think he's fully healthy well Mike Giardi tweeted yesterday that Mac Jones is experiencing numbness in his toes uh the Bears happened to notice it uh, notice him favoring it was how Mike Giardi uh tweeted it and I, I mean doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes I will beat your ass it's this it's this weird thing where it's like kind of needs your toes but it's also to be expected like there's clearly some kind of underlying issue maybe he isn't fully healthy um we can get more into this though coming up here on the weei producer show we're also going to get to some audio of wfan host brandon tierney on the six rings podcast talking about the patriots jets upcoming matchups are over patriots fans yeah we're going to get to that coming up soon here as well this is the weei producer show in this hour of the WEI Producer Show is brought to you by Shaw's. Shaw's, the official supermarket of the WEI Red Sox Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
WEEI. We are right back to the WEEI Producers Show. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. There's a little bit of an unknown right now with Mac Jones as far as how long will he be able to go. Can he make it the entire game? He's not 100%. And I know that was the concern with Bill Belichick coming into the game. And that's probably the last thing that Coach Belichick wants to see is Mac Jones trying to extend plays and, and eat when he was going to come up short of that first down. This is the WEEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. I am Chris Scheim, joined with, by John Anderson and Ryan Garvin. Gentlemen, uh, we continue to talk about uh, Mac Jones getting pulled on Monday Night Football. That was Troy Aikman there uh, on the broadcast of the game. So it's it's such a weird spot. We got a text message saying that he believes uh, from the 2-4-0 saying that this will be Belichick's last year because mm. of mistakes like this. Do we buy that? Like, is this is this really a thing? Is is this is this a Belichick has lost it moment, or was this just a mistake that he may be able to recover from? I mean, I, I question it completely, but he's not. He's drafting well again, so yep. it, Robert Kraft's not going to look at it and be like, "Oh, this is a complete abject failure. We need to sit him down and come up with an agreement to part ways with him, make it seem like it was his decision. He's done. Yada yada. Hand off to whomever. It, it, it's not at that point." If he was miss, if the team, if the team was still the 2020 team or the 2019 team uh, minus Tom Brady, then maybe it's time to think about it. But he he's doing well in other aspects, and you know their game plans with Bailey Zappian have obviously been good. And if you're gonna give take credit away from him for one thing, you need to give him credit for the things that he is doing right. But this, you know, this is just the most recent thing. So this is what we're talking about. I'm sure we'll be talking about something else on uh, or you know, it could be the quarterback thing for all we know. But uh, no, no farcical shine. It, farcical. It's- it's one of these things where Bill Belichick is constantly preaching how he doesn't like error repeaters. So you would think that this is not an error that Bill Belichick would repeat with his quarterbacks. I I don't I wouldn't worry about Bill Belichick losing his job over this. I think worst case scenario is you've done some some uh unfixable damage to to your relationship with Mac Jones and and you already have Mac Jones was already questioning, you know, the, according to reports, Mac Jones was questioning, you know, why are we doing this offense? Why are we... To why, be fair. Why are we doing it like this? And I would question Matt ahead. Patricia and Joe Judge as well. Yes. And Mac Jones, for whatever reason, is catching a lot of slack from the Bailey Zappi people about questioning his offensive coordinators, about questioning the play calling that they were doing. And you took the words right out of my mouth, Chime. We spent the entire summer... In portions of early fall, doing exactly that. Yep. Why are they? Why is Matt Patricia and Joe Judge here? Why are they running these plays? Why are they? You know, why is it these pass plays? Why is it these run plays? It, none of it was really making any sense. Um, and excuse me, we had Dan Orlovsky on, and Dan Orlovsky made a, a great point about how the quarterbacks are very territorial creatures, and they need to know that they are put in the in, in a position to lead. And not only do they need to know, but their teammates need to know as well. So when you have players coming out of that game saying, I don't know what the plan was. Mike on when you had, had the greatest quote was, I just looked up in the huddle and Bailey Zappi was standing there. Yeah. And I know Bill Belichick came on, on the Greg Hill show and said, well, listen, the, you know, I talked to the leaders of the team, leaders of the team knew what's up. Okay. That's it. Well, I, I think it would help the cogs 
so to speak, if, if communication was filtered. And I feel like that's true in all walks of life. If everybody is filled in and we're all on the same page, I know not everybody needs to know every single piece of detail, but if we're all on the same page, it probably makes it a lot easier to pull in the direction that we want to pull. And I don't understand how something like that is possible when all your quarterbacks have to have to be questioning what is going on. What? How many reps am I getting? Am I starting? Do I have to worry about getting pulled from a game because I threw an interception that may or may not have hit the sky cam wire when I was trying to throw it out of bounds in the first place? So, so we mentioned Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Are you are either of you buying into this theory that they're the ones whispering sweet nothings to Belichick that Mac Jones is just we can't handle we can't deal with this guy it's too much we like Bailey's more our guy do you believe that that could be possible? No, I don't think. Well, I think they know the 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 um what's the word. They know they know what the what Mac Jones as a draft pick as a commodity means as an asset means to the organization. I don't think they're I don't think they're pressuring to switch to Bailey Zappi mm-hmm. and put Joe Judge to the side. The one thing we do know is that apparently Matt Patricia's word carries weight to Bill Belichick. Oh yeah, why is that? A, once upon a time, a, a player named Kendrick Bourne was in Matt Patricia's doghouse. <laughs> And uh, you know, it, it led, and led now he's, it, now he's it being shot hundred thousand views of a Tommy Curran video on the Gresh Keefe account. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, which does nothing for uh, click as far as clicks goes, believe it or not. But I don't. So no, no, I I don't. I, they can express frustrations, but I don't. Even if they're just expressing frustrations, I don't think they're saying bench Mac and go to Bailey. Because the, the Bailey thing's only been happening for a couple weeks, and if they've only like statistically, they could if they are saying that they could only be saying that for two weeks. Well, if you look yeah. at it, well, yeah, and, so and that, they're that not going to do theory. anything after two weeks, you know. Shine. No, so that so that was like kind of my my thought is that it's they weren't doing it to begin the season they because they didn't really know what they necessarily had in Bailey Zappi even though Andy Hart on this station had said multiple times that at times Zappi looked better than Mac with this offense in training camp. But that aside. Once Matt got hurt and Zappy got in the game, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge then immediately started twiddling their fingers like, ooh, look what we have here. And that's yes, when man. and that's when they started making these comments to Belichick and that and and so it was much more of a recent thing than necessarily like this long standing thing all off season and into the regular season. I believe if you ask them candidly, they would say, Listen, it's it's always gonna be easier. When you have one person that will will willingly carry out anything you ask them to do on the football field. Well, Zappy field. said on your show, he said, whatever Matty P calls, I go out and run it. And I th- he goes, I he, he, I walk up to Matty P and I yeah. tell him, just call whatever you want. I'll go, I'll go get it done. Ba- Bailey Zappy said he was a called lot. He was called Bailey Zappy said a lot on Merloni Fourier Mega. If you happen to miss that, go back and rewind on the Odyssey app on Merloni Fourier Mega because Bailey Zappy, we're probably never going to be able to talk to him again because. I don't think the man is capable of lying. I just I don't think he has that in him. He doesn't have that Mac Jones ability to be asked a question like, "So what did Bill tell you when he pulled you out of the game?" Well, Bill told me we communicated really well, and uh, <laughs> I feel that he did a great job of communicating that to me. Thank you for your question. You're a liar. Along. I'm like you didn't say anything. You said out of the throat of lies. I, I, <laughs> I think it all defaults to whether Matt Patricia or Joe Judge are saying this guy is easier to manage we can do more with him or not. I still go back to the idea that I do not believe that Mac Jones is 100% healthy. And I believe that Bill Belichick believes that Mac Jones is not 100% healthy. Why else would you ask a guy to get surgery? And then Mac Jones turns around and says, well, I'm not getting surgery. It's because the Patriots have to believe that Mac Jones is more dinged up than Mac Jones feels he is dinged up. And I don't 
Like I heard a lot of people say, well, he was running, so he's obviously fine. That doesn't mean a damn thing. Well, yeah, they shoot it up with what, cortisone shots or it whatever mean it is. Anything? Oh, he's running run in a game it. is very different. Yeah, running in a game on that astroturf with concrete under it is very different. You know, if he's scrambling, you can even see it the way, like the way you have to make cuts and everything, and it, it's very hard to replicate in do, practice do in a practice many, that isn't full speed. Yeah, I, I've seen so many fighters finish fifteen minutes with a broken foot. Like, their foot is the size of a balloon, or they break their hand like two minutes in, and they keep going. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be in pain. But I, I, I cannot believe that Bill Belichick would sit and go. You're on a short leash, and if you turn the ball over, you're done. I think it was, listen, we're going to monitor you, and we're going to see how you play. We are planning on playing both quarterbacks. I believe that everyone was on the same page going into that, but I don't think this was a performance-based benching. I I truly believe that Bill Belichick looked at Mac Jones and said, he's not right. His willingness to take off and run Tells me that he was not comfortable in that pocket. No. And how but then again, you, he hasn't been comfortable in the pocket for not all, being comfortable. He hasn't been comfortable in the pocket all season, to be fair. Oh, like, I wonder why. Yeah, exactly. So we're talking quarterbacks here uh, on the WEI producer show. Let's go to the phone lines here. Tim in Hanover wants to weigh in. What do you got today, Tim? Yeah, Shime, all you guys have done great, man, since I've been listening to the show for quite some time. Good morning, morning, sir. I think you're doing great. You're going in the Thank right you. direction. Hey, I just want to say, I had a high ankle sprain. I was telling the, the reader, and uh, i tell you a bad one, where I had, I was looking at, a surgeon looked at me from the, the Raiders and the uh, L.A. Lakers, and he told me, he says, hey, Tim, you were better off breaking your ankle instead of just getting this sprain because you do damage to your tissues, all the tissues, ligaments, everything in there. And, and the cortisone shots, they don't like giving them because it damages your tissues, believe it or not, if you have too many of them. Long story, I think Mac is still feeling it. He's definitely still feeling it, but he's going to do. His back's against the wall now. All this turmoil stuff started. He's a good quarterback. He's a winner. The kid is a winner. He will do good. He just needs the guys to step up to make sure that he gets the time and everybody just do their job, which they haven't been doing. That's why they're where they are today. So I'm hoping that Mac just, he's got his back against the wall. He's got to make things happen. Don't throw those picks. Just leave these guys so they don't get the ball picked off. Throw it out of bounds if it ain't there, man. Come back on it. And I hope they do well. The word is hope because they're fighting for last place to stay out of. Appreciate the call, Tim. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you uh, I mean, yeah, so his toes are still numb, by the way, is what we mentioned before break yeah. earlier in the segment. So, and so he's like, probably dealing you with You are not 100% if your toes are numb. No. There, if, and if there has to be some other issue. Yeah. Like, it's, you don't just I mean, have I no, could see, so numb I, toes I could see, for no reason. Obvi- obviously, Max playing in this game, whether they want him to or not, he yep. he's not stupid. He knows that the Bailey Zappi thing happened, and he understands, like, there is a path. He heard the chance on right, Monday night. There's a path where he loses his job, and he knows yeah. that, and he's going to get back on the field regardless. Do we think Belichick maybe? Maybe was just he he knows that that's probably Max mentality. He's been through it here before, uh, and maybe oh, yeah. he, maybe he just said, "All right, I'll give him a couple drives so that we can see what he looks like," and to like try to at least put him in a proper headspace, one better than he would be at if he just watched Bailey go out and light up the Bears' defense again. So uh, no, I. I- I think that's kind of weird, though, because now I think he's in a worse headspace than he was previous to that game. You know well, what I, I mean? know, but that's because Belichick messed it up. 
Yeah, he messed okay. up the entire so situation. Bel- Belichick had. So you're saying Belichick had the right idea to help Mac out and then fumbled the ball? No, I'm saying that could that could be an issue. Okay, that could or that that could have been what he was thinking. I'm not saying he had the right idea. I'm not saying yeah. it was even his idea. I'm saying maybe that is something we need to take into account here. And that that in a way would almost be committing to Mac if he went that way. Of course, it's weird when he doesn't tell say any. Yeah, say so that at do, all. do you find it odd that he refuses and he has been asked multiple times to commit to Mac Jones and he won't because he's done it before he committed to cam newton he committed to mac jones when they canned cam newton he always he committed to tom brady even after the uh that trent dilfer they're not as good as we thought they were get a game anymore uh like why what do you make of it it might just be it might just be a motivation tactic maybe he's a guy like remember back in the day he liked wes welker better on the field when wes welker was angry so he would mess with wes welker and piss wes welker off and now maybe he thinks that that because by by all accounts it's really weird to look at that to look at that doughboy of a quarterback we got there. I know he slimmed down a little, but it's very weird to look at him and think this. But by all accounts, Mac Jones is a killer. He he's he's he has the same mentality as a Jason Tatum. By all accounts, I, I yeah it's people so say different. that I don't it's, see it. I don't buy that. Well, I, I've never bought. That. I I do. I, I think everything I see from the guy on the field in press conferences, what people say from behind the from behind the scenes, I do buy it. It's not translating right now, so it's very difficult to look at it and do two plus two equals four on it when it isn't translating to you know good play on the field. But uh, <laughs> I I do. So I I do I do see that. Yeah, uh, almost to his detriment though, because he he'll he'll sit there and go through all of his walkthroughs on Monday Night Football and say, "I'm ready to go. I'm fine. I'm all set." Right and and Bill Staff's going. No, he's not. He's not. He he's going to want to play. Of course, Mac is going to want to get out there because I I agree. I think that's his mentality. Is I am the guy, and this is my job. He said as much during his press availability. Quote: I deserve it. I prepare to be the starter, and I deserve it. And I don't think he. Yeah, you deserve wrong. nothing in football. Like you you deserve what you earn. He hasn't earned anything, especially this yeah, season. No, no, no. He, and th- this is what really irritates me is is the amount of people. And I'm not going to put you in this boat, Sean, because I didn't hear you say. It, but the amount of people that came out and said, "Well, Mac Jones was terrible on Monday." How the hell can you say that? No, he, he was. He he made one bad throw Monday, but he wasn't I, uh, terrible. And I don't think he's been as bad as people make him out to be. Yeah, this I wasn't. Really don't. Well, this I don't think Bailey Zappi is as good as people make. This him isn't out to me be. saying he was bad Monday night. This is me saying he's been bad all season and the end of last season. Like, he has played eight straight games where he has, I want to say it's like 13 interceptions to 10 touchdowns, and he's won two games over the Jaguars and the Steelers. And the Steelers. Like, it's not, it, for me, it wasn't just a Monday night thing. Again, I, I said it at the beginning of the show. I think they yanked him too early Monday night. I think it was unfair to the kid on Monday night. But at the same time, when you look at his performance, he hasn't earned anything. Just because you're a first-round pick doesn't guarantee you but, but anything. His, but his performance, part of earning it, like, do we really think Mac Jones wouldn't have beat the Lions? Oh Do we God, really think Mac Jones would have? No, of course he would have like, so, put up 22 and, and points. The reason, like, so you can look at Mac's performance and say he hasn't earned it. The bottom line is when Mac's on the field, for whatever reason, the offensive line doesn't block anyone this year, and the yeah. defense plays like crap. We, I mean, we, like, we, so handoffs on third and ten from right. the shotgun when Mac Jones is on and the field. And then for when some reason, when Bailey Zappi steps on the field, they decide to block. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's something that I'm not accounting for from an X's and O's football guy perspective for the difference between the two of them on the field and the line actually blocking and the defense actually playing. Put the defense out of it for now. But they like Trent Brown just decided to not block for those three drives the other night he didn't really block for the other drives either but it, it was just like, like, like these little formational issues and 
I'm I'm starting to get very excited as as we continue to talk about this. I'm very much looking forward to how this all plays out tomorrow. Oh, see, I think this could end bad tomorrow. This Jets defense is really freaking good. They get pressure. Sauce Gardner is one of the best cover corners already in football, the way he's been playing this year. Like, this is going to be a very interesting game, right? I think if Matt comes if Matt comes out and lights it up, then Matt comes out and lights it up and there you go. Like, he's your guy, good to go. Like, everything's fine. But if this Jeff Jets defense continues to do what they've done all season and they muck this up and they make him look bad again. We have another week of quarterback. We talk. have another week of zappy oh, no. chants from the stands oh, no. and quarterback talk and what the hell are we doing? To be honest, like I and, and don't get me wrong, I, I understand that I rail on Mac and and like yeah, I kinda wanna see Zappy get in. It's not because I think Zappy's the guy either, by the way. I don't think either of them the guy. They probably both have a ce- ceiling around Kirk Cousins, and they're probably realistically both somewhere in the Chad Pennington zone. So like I don't think either of these are guys are your guy, but at the same time, like I just Mac has turned the ball over so much this season. If he continues to do that on Sunday, man, we have a bigger problem. Uh, than we think we do. This is the WEEI Producer Show uh, right here on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. Remember, you can uh, just ask your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. We'll be right back. Now, we're right back to it. The WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. I think the Jets can actually dust them. Like, I... I'm not calling for a blowout because I think that's almost too cavalier. But if the I am calling for a win. But if the Jets can jump on them early, I think you're going to see clearly the different directions that these teams are going. I think the Jets are ascending, and I think it's over for the Pats. Like, what are you holding on to outside of blind faith? Those days are done. Brady's shot. He's a decrepit figure. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have any skill position players that scare anybody. That's just the reality of it. Now you got to prove it. That was WFAN's Brandon Tierney on the Six Rings postgame show with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. Uh, this is the WEI producer show. Ryan's jamming out to that song. Good oh, job by you, Lewis. Nick. Um, so Brandon Tierney thinks that there's a chance that the Jets absolutely dust the Patriots and that the Jets are more on the ascending phase and the Patriots are on a descending phase here. Uh, if you look at the game coming up tomorrow, uh, the betters would disagree with Brandon Tierney. Uh, 73% of the money is on the New England Patriots for tomorrow's game, uh, and that's only on 58% of the bets, which means there's a lot of a little bit more smart money there uh, on the uh, Patriots. Now, do you guys tend to agree with Tierney's thought process here that the Jets are ascending while the Patriots are descending? Uh, nope. I, I guess I half agree with it. I think both are ascending. The Jets are ascending a lot faster. It's not like the Patriots don't have young players who are coming along, They but both teams have an issue at a position that begins with a Q and ends with a B. It's quarterback. Yep. Quarterback, yes, yeah. Yes, I got Good it. Job. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily, like, obviously... It, it, I'm not going to be like, oh, Zach Wilson already isn't the guy. Mac, Mac or Zappy already aren't the guy. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, we, we don't know anything about that yet. The bottom line, but that that's from the 50,000-foot uh, view. As far as tomorrow's game goes, uh, Zach Wilson, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, didn't do very well against Bill Belichick. And no. Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick typically, unless you can run like Justin Fields, which I don't, I don't know how many designed runs the Jets offense have been running with Zach Wilson. I, I haven't really, I haven't, none that I've really seen. Not a lot, no. Um, I, as far as tomorrow goes, 
I think Bill Belichick's going to confuse the hell out of Zach Wilson, and both defenses are going to do pretty well against both offenses. Almost to the point where I don't even want to say I don't want to necessarily say low scoring, but it could be one of those complimentary football games where both like Zach Wilson could end up putting up some some touchdown passes and stuff just because he has short fields. And same with Mac Jones for that matter. Those would be his first touchdown passes. Yes, against the Zach Patriots, Wilson. By the way. In his career against Bill Belichick, is 25 of 43, which is just under 60%, for 261 yards, zero touchdowns, and four interceptions. Yeah. Same goes. I, I, I Pretty Sam Darnold esque. I, I think that the Jets do win tomorrow. Although every time Ooh, I pick the okay. Jets over the Patriots, I, I always end up wrong. I've been wrong on a lot of stuff recently. The Bruins are just so infuriating. It do be like that sometimes. But we're not going to talk about that. I can't agree with Brandon Tierney because, yes, even though neither Mac Jones or Zach Wilson look like they're the, not going to be the guy, Zach Wilson looks more like he's not. The guy, you know what I'm, yes. you know what I'm trying to Zach say. Zach Wilson I, stinks. I haven't had caffeine yet, so I can't get the words out good. No, I completely agree. And I, I think- Zach Wilson looks like he has way more issues. Like he is your prototypical. There's nothing there. Tuck it and run, and it's like Justin Fields. Like even though the design runs were catching Devin McCourty and company off guard, when he would go to scramble, like there were plenty of opportunities where he wanted to give you the ball, and it just. Didn't work out that way. And the difference between Justin Fields and Zach Wilson is Justin Fields decides he wants to scramble. You have a spy on him, but he just beats him anyways because he runs a four four forty. Whereas Zach Wilson doesn't do that. And Zach Wilson's more of just like a I'm gonna run around in the pocket. More like Kyler Murray sometimes where he's just running around in the pocket trying to make something happen, except for the fact that Zach Wilson just never makes anything happen. Yeah, I- um so I don't I don't particularly love Zach Wilson, but I think John's right. I, I think both of these teams are Ascending, I, I think the Patriots at a much slower rate. But, I mean, you look at the Jets draft class this year. It was awesome. Garrett well. Wilson looks like a stud. Uh, I mean, Elijah Vera Tucker was last Zach year. Wilson He's awesome. throw the ball to him, though. Yeah, I, I knew that. Well, was he, throw, he only throws the ball to Corey yeah. Davis. I, I have Wilson. I have Zach, I have, not Zach. Uh, I have Garrett Wilson in a dynasty league, and the second Flacco they took Flacco out, I was like, I, I had a bad feeling. I just the I, Zach Wilson just drops. wasn't going to get the but ball. But then they though. hit a home run on Brees Hall. Michael Carter looks like a good backup. Uh, there, I mean, Sauce Gardner looks like an absolute stud. Yeah, mm-hmm. their so, secondary looks very. very I think this strong. Jets team is the ascending d- just the, at a faster rate. The DJ rate. Reed signing was sneaky. I think he was on them last Carl year too. Carl Lawson too. But DJ Reed is also. Also, one of like an analytics darling right now, and he's a, he's a second uh, second corner for them. They signed Lamarcus Joyner a few years ago as well to this huge contract, and it's probably winding down now at this point. But now he is he is turning into a at least for this season, he's one of the you know probably t- 10, 10, 15 best safeties in the league right now too. They have a great defensive backfield. Before we get out of here, let's get uh, Phil in New Bedford. Phil, how are we doing today? Morning, gentlemen. Hi, Phil. I think it's obvious if people are being real honest instead of just looking at this as a fan. Phil is showing signs of burnout, irrational decisions. The people around him don't really recognize it. Not building up your quarterback, not showing confidence, not naming people. His O-line is a mess. And the fact that he brought in um, two of his cronies and not a valid offensive coordinator, it's a setup for failure and he's showing burnout. Do you guys buy that? Uh, thank you for the call, No, he's Phil. been doing this by long enough. He knows No, he would have been burned out unless he just suddenly wakes up one day and oh, I'm too old for this crap. Not, I, yeah, yeah I but if he was too old for this crap, he may have just called it quits instead of you know, right. coming back it's for it. Not every single thing has worked out. Not yet. Look, we still. I, I don't feel great about it. I didn't feel good about the season coming into it. But there's still a lot of games left. I'm not going to say this isn't working and it will never work because the offensive line – 
looked like dog water in the first couple games, has improved outside of the first three drives that Mac Jones has played. And, yes, I mean, Matt Patricia, we were saying a couple weeks ago, hey, do we owe him an apology or do we want to make a culpa? So it's this is the roller coaster that we're going to be riding on when you, when your team is not good enough to be great but not awful enough to be a, a top-five draft pick team. All right, we've been talking football enough. Uh, I think it's about time we get to John Anderson's emergency top-five Christian Bale movies. Number five. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna do two lists simultaneously. There is Christian Bale's performance in the movie and how good the movie is, and Christian Bale's in the movie. Okay, got so it. number five for movie Bale is in. I'm gonna go with The Big Short. Okay. For Bale performance, I'm actually gonna go with Thor: Love and Thunder. He Ooh, was the okay. as, uh, his he his role Gore as the Gore God the Butcher. God Butcher was the standout part of that movie. Okay. Number four. I didn't want to go with two Batman movies in one of the in either of the list because I like you know I was trying to give some love to more Diversity, movies. Yep. But you, you have to go with Batman Begins number four for how good the movie that Bale is in, and then Bale performance number four. I'm gonna go with Vice. His Ooh, transformation into Dick Cheney was incredible, and especially when you look at his his filmography, the way that he has had to gain weight and lose weight for movies over the last twenty years is wild. Number three. Number three. The the top three in both of these are the same three, but it's in a different order. For movie Bale is in, people around here love it, the fighter. For number three, Bale performance, I will go with The Dark Knight. Number two. Two's the same one. Movie Bale is in. Number two, The Prestige. Christopher Nolan, love The Prestige with prestige Hugh Jackman. Guy. The yep. Prestige is incredible. And Bale performance, also The Prestige. Number one. And don't mess around. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Number one movie Bale is in is The Dark Knight. Number one Bale performance, though, is The Fighter. Because that's did, when he won the Oscar He did for, win right? an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for that. And Courtney was an extra in that movie, and she said that they were told on the set, do not look at or speak to Christian Bale. Sounds about right. Well, we, I mean, we've heard him blow up on people. That was like, like a year after the Terminator Salvation incident. Oh, so, goodness gracious. Yeah. It's a shred of professional Shut the F up, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to the WEEI producer show this morning. On. We'll be back again next Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Make sure to lock it uh, lock it in right here on WEI. Ken and Curtis are up next. And then we have WEI Football Sunday tomorrow, 10 to 1, with Wiggy, Gresh, and Keefe. And then following Patriots game, we'll have the Six Rings postgame show with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. Make sure to stay right here on WEI all weekend. We'll see you next week. See you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.